And my next two guests are in the studio with me and they've come down the motorway and probably got stuck in a little bit of traffic. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Welcome. I have the owner creators of Shepherd Foods here, which is a whole food manufacturing um, company. Everything's made from scratch, 100% organic and biodynamic without any synthetic chemicals. Um, of course, I'm going to in, um, invite people like this into the into the studio and onto Belly for that kind of introduction. You must know a lot uh, about food, so I'm welcoming Stacy Nguyen and Ali Elali. Why? Why is food so important to you? Oh my goodness! How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, we were just speaking earlier about the topic. Food is energy. Um, so for us, it's been like an eight-year journey into what we do and it it happened by chance and it happened through personal growth and spiritual growth. It wasn't something that you just wake up in the morning and say, hey, I want to be a food manufacturer. So we've spent a lot of time in research and development in terms of creating a product um, that would nourish people um, and would sit within a space of accessibility for people and well, let's just start with how, how it all began. Um, we chose the plant-based lifestyle about eight years ago, um, and it was mainly for health. And then through this whole journey, we just found um, an elevated level of spirituality and living our life more consciously. Um, and I guess our product and what we do really reflects our beliefs in that. Um, so yeah, really, really special. And the core thing that underpins everything that we do is food is energy. And that's what we really believe. But not all vegans necessarily know a lot about food, do they? So, you know, you mm-hmm. mentioned and we've had some contact of some of the really interesting things and topics we could talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've witnessed this firsthand myself is that a lot of people say they're vegan and I guess they sort of carry this aura of being super healthy and you know really fit well that's not always the case is it what are your views on veganism 100% and I'll give you an example because when we created our product and just to get out there and have some engagement with the community and get some feedback Ali and I spent about six months um, doing markets across the whole of the Gold Coast so that was a really eye-opener for us because we got to talk to a whole range of people and I should tell you that initially up until six months ago um oh sorry maybe six weeks ago our business name was called mind body vegan because the the philosophy behind that was um mind is a lot of education and learning body is about nourishing your body um and and with that your soul and vegan was a philosophy that underpinned everything that we that we do um so in going to the markets with that business name Oh, we attracted a whole range of people. But what we found out is that veganism is such a trend. It's not what we went plant-based for. It's not what we believe in. It doesn't align to anything that we do at the moment. Um, And when you talk about vegans that are just, they point the moral finger at people, you know, and that's not what we're about. A lot of vegans are unhealthy. They've actually ruined their gut biome and the lining of their stomach in eating synthetic Um, meat analogues and and meat alternatives so we don't promote anything at all like that 
Um, we just want people to be more conscious about what they're putting into their body. If they're making um, choices about food, we want them to understand where it comes from and how it's made. Um, and when we speak to vegans, they see a whole nother side to veganism and it's more based on belief and philosophy rather than, I'll oh, just put anything in my mouth because it doesn't contain an animal or dairy products just important to note that there are a lot of very healthy vegans out yes. there <laughs> as well that probably have learnt a lot along the way. I think maybe when people mm-hmm. make a change that's very fast or that you know one day they're not and then the next day they are, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe um, you know the reasons as well for becoming a vegan are very different, mm-hmm. I think, to the outcomes mm-hmm. of, of then how you live your life as a vegan. Mm-hmm. And obviously the longer that goes on, um, hopefully the more more aware and conscious um, somebody might might become. So you have a saying, which is manufacturers put preservatives in your food for their benefit, not mm. yours. This topic is about living a conscious life, questioning purpose and intent and provoking thoughts and wisdom. So what were your experiences becoming a manufacturing business, you know, looking at all of these alternatives around and and what drove you, you know, to be so specific about what it is that you do? Yeah, that's a a really good question and a topic that we can go on and on for. Um, But I guess initially Mind Body Vegan was supposed to be a health hub. So it was supposed to be a cafe. It was supposed to be um, a space where people could come and gather and do workshops and learn from each other. And when we were looking for a space, initially we were from Sydney, um, rents were just too high um, and spaces in terms of kitchen were too small. And we realised that we couldn't make everything from scratch. So we started to look at potentially outsourcing products and bringing them in. So we went on a whole journey of just trying to find what is our protein source where are we going to source our fruits and vegetables and things like that and in reading some of the backs of these packs um, and doing a little bit more research we were like hang on a minute there's something going on here so long story short um, in order to manage the supply chain from the very beginning from the very soil that the food grows in um, and being able to give that product out to cafes and restaurants and retailers, um, we were able to make sure that good food was hitting the shelves and good food was being served in cafes because we couldn't make everything in-house ourselves. And we learned that 100% manufacturers put additives and preservatives so that they can sustain their business and it's not for the benefit of the consumer. Why did you change the name? You know, you mentioned that you used to be called Mind Body Vegan and Mm -hmm. just six weeks ago you changed to Shepherd Foods. Why? Why Mm -hmm. change the name of a business? I guess it was a strategic move in that when a product is on a shelf, you're not always there to tell people about it. They're looking at it from your branding and your colours and the name and what it says. So to be aligned with a word such as vegan, it was representing us in a whole new light and we didn't want to align ourselves with that. So becoming shepherds, the the feel behind that, and it was actually Ali that came up with it, was that in terms of, for example, a biblical shepherd, we provide care and truth and we lead. So it's all of those things. And now that we've evolved to where we're at today, that's a truer representation of who we are. So all of your products are vegan, is that right? 100% vegan, 100% organic ingredients. And because our products are soy-based, which I think we'll chat about this a little bit later, um, we know our farmer who cultivates our soy. Um, So Brett and Karen, they're a family farm. They're located in Fairy Hill, um, about an hour away, so they're, they're 
near Lismore and Casino. Um, and they're 100% certified biodynamic and their ethics and their morals and their the standard of the quality of produce they, they produce is exactly what we want to represent in our products. So your main, main ingredient, would you say, is soy to all of your products? Or why mm-hmm. did you choose soy? Oh, so for a person that abstains from eating meat as their main source of protein, soy is a miraculous pr- plant. And because Ali's the science mind behind what we do, I'll let him speak to soy a little bit further. But in terms of nutrition, it has... Um, similar amino acid profile as red meat. Um, in terms of bioavailable protein, there's a difference between just having protein and, and making it bioavailable. Um, it, it's a really good protein source. Soy is definitely a contentious ingredient um, and that's why we know exactly where our soy comes from and how it's grown and then we process it ourselves from the very seed. Um, so majority of soy products are genetically modified. Um, soy is a crop that is used, cultivated for um, biofuels um, overseas. The majority of crops are genetically modified. I think I said that. So a lot of the soy products that hit our shelves are actually bad for people or lacking nutrients. So let's bring the science mind in. Yep. <laughs> oh, what's your What's your take then on you know soy and and where it's at and the differences I guess between what it is that you choose to use and some of the other um, alternatives out there or options of soy out there? Yeah, sure. Um, many many years ago when I went plant based, I um yeah I needed the protein source that had the full spec full spectrum of amino acids. Um, and so. It was it was difficult because most tofu out there was ultra processed or processed, and I believe that it wasn't satiating, and that's a very important word here. And because people can be full, but they won't be able to be satiated, and so I wasn't getting the, the full nutrients I needed when I was training. So it was it was really really difficult, and so I knew I had to do something. And at the time, I had a business. I was I was in the security game. I was um, a security technician. So at the time. I really wanted to be vegan. I, I just, I just, I didn't know if it was viable because I, I just didn't feel right. And, and so, why can I just interrupt you there and ask you why, why you wanted to become vegan? To be honest, my my, my one of one of my sisters, uh, she introduced me to it, and she she gave me the challenge because I was at my peak at the time. I was like, I think I was around like twenty twenty four, twenty five, and then um, she's like, you know, it's possible, uh, yeah, to 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 do it in a vegan way, and I was like. Are you sure? Like, you know, I, I just thought, do I, I thought I had to eat meat, you know? Sorry to butt in. Can I just add a caveat? Um, so Ali was weightlifting and training a lot. Um, and Ali's background is Lebanese and mine is, uh, my father's Vietnamese. So culturally, meat is at the centre of our dishes. Um, so on the weekends, we eat three animals on the same plate. Um, so this was definitely a challenge. Yeah, it, it, and it just sounded crazy. Like the challenge sounded crazy, and I was like, "This can't be right," you know. So, and I have a very curious mind. Like, I don't let anything go past, past me. Like, I'm not really gullible, so I just question everything. So, um, so I took the challenge. You know, I said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this," right? And then um, I tried it, and it wasn't working. Six months, I was depleted. Every night at the gym was like, "Ali, what, what happened to you, man?" Like, I'm, like, I'm trying this vegan diet. They're like, clearly, it's not working. And I was like, well, what, what were you eating when you first uh, tra- transitioned? Well, it was tofu because that was the that was the full spectrum of um, aminos I needed, and it, it just felt like it, it it just I had to eat. So the thing, the misconception is you've got to eat a lot of volume because the density of energy 
in May is nothing of that with plants. So it was just it was just difficult like to hit the volume and I needed the time and at the time I was on on the tools and it, it just didn't work. And right? did you feel tired and and hungry or hollow or what was your overall feeling? To be honest, I was actually um I was actually thriving. Um but you know like I just I was bloated, sometimes I was gassy and it, I I felt good, but at the same time I didn't feel good and I was just like I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't into food science at the time. I was into health and fitness and weight training and such. And I was doing a bit of kickboxing at the time and I was just like, I felt good, but I, I, it just wasn't working. And so I, 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 I relapsed and I just went back to eating meat. But then I ate, I, I remember I was, I'm, I'm sick of this. I, I can't do it. Like, so we went and, uh, you know, we had a, I think it was, I, I won't eat any meat besides lamb, to be honest with you. And and I went and had a, um, you know, lamb cutlet. And then I was just like, it was, there's a saying, it's like, nothing tastes as good as I feel. And so... I had it and I felt even worse than I did when I was eating, you know, plant-based foods. So I was like, I'm not going to do this, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to try and figure this out. So I dedicated my life and um, I've done all the research. It was, it's years and years of research. I'm um, reading scientific abstracts, um, understanding, um, you know, methods in processing food, um, you know, and being the technician I am, um, I, ha- I have a very good understanding in electronics. And so I went, you know, I just went, you know, finding all these machines around the world and trying to trying to figure out how how do how do we process you know you know seeds and, and such in a way where you know it doesn't have to be ultra processed but at the same time simultaneously making it bio uh, bioavailable and so i went down this went down this rabbit hole and and i'm here here uh, we are yeah so <laughs> Um, I just wanted to add to that. I've been holding on to this comment because the difference between our soy and tofu um, is that tofu retains a lot of water. So what you think that you're consuming in terms of the grams amount, once you cook it and the water evaporates, you're actually eating less. Um, And this might stem into another uh, topic about how food is actually economy. Um, So whereas our tofu, a lot of the water has been removed um, and when we say that it's 17.5 grams of protein per 100, that is pure protein. So that is with the water removed, it's already been pre-cooked. So you're eating an end product, bioavailable protein that your body needs. So you actually don't need as much of it. And would some people destroy, can you destroy the goodness by overcooking it, by making it sort of rubbery? I mean, a lot of people say that mm-hmm. tofu has no flavor. You know, there's, there's sort mm-hmm. of a lot of reasons for people to be a bit off it. 100%. And I think the majority um, in just speaking to people at the markets is texture. Um, so, you know, we, we do a lot of food science. So in terms of the molecules of tofu, they're structured in a way where they're circular, um, which gives you that crumbly, mushy type texture that not a lot of people like. Um, it withholds a lot of um, liquid, but it also repels a lot of liquid so flavour can't come in. Whereas what we've done is we've rearranged those molecules to make them linear in fashion, where it gives you that resistance similar to chicken breast or chicken thigh, and also um, it's able to take on a lot more flavour. How do you rearrange the cells? Maybe this is a question for you, um, Ali. Yeah. Well, we can't kind of share it because it's actually paint and technology. Yeah, and so, but uh, from what Stacey was saying, a lot of, it's a psychology thing, right? Um, so a lot of people perceive taste uh, with texture um, or texture with taste. And so as long as you can rearrange the molecules and get, um, get the texture, you know, 
different to that of tofu you can make it taste different it's just a mind thing right so this is what we've done so yeah amazing can i just add though so all of our processes that we do um there's no chemicals used whatsoever so it takes us almost eight days from seed to product um and that's because we let the product do its natural thing um when you look at tofu manufacturing um in its classical sense you know it's they they mix the beans with, you know, they activate the seeds, they mix it with water. Um, we don't know if it's filtered water, by the way, because water is important. Um, and then they turn it into a slurry, they filter it out, they cook the milk, they press it, and then Bob's your uncle. Um, so even insofar that when we activate, all of the water that we use um, is reverse osmosis water. And in saying that, we actually stone mill our beans. So we've thought verily, uh, verily, very carefully about the processes that we use. So we mix a range of the latest in food science and technology with heritage techniques. And it's those heritage techniques and going back to basics is what uh, retains a lot of the nutrients. Well, we're flying on the airwaves here, the airwaves of Bay FM. This is Belly. I'm Sister Rossella, and I'm joined by Stacey and Ali from uh, Shepherd Foods. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's have a little chat about what you've been doing down here in the Byron Shire because you've been bringing soy. Yeah, tell us what you've been doing down here in the Byron Shire and what sort of response you've been getting. Yeah, well, I guess to start with, we've partnered with Santos Organics um, and we're not in a lot of stores. There's a whole backstory to that, but we really wanted to partner with a retailer that would represent our brand in a light um, I guess that we were happy with and aligns to our ethics and our morals. So we started stocking Santos about two or three weeks ago. Um, and recently we went in store to do some taste testing. Um, so it was really great to come out and speak to the customers and find out what they're looking for and maybe what they're missing in terms of their diet and what they're eating. But we did have um, a couple of serious questions about soy. And I'll let Ali speak to this because Again, I, I mentioned it before, soy is a really contentious ingredient. So what are some of the misconceptions or, or classified as misconceptions about soy? And what sorts of questions were people um, asking you at these testing, testing? Yeah, like most of the time, like, so we were doing markets um, for about six months and then um, we were doing major events down in Sydney. And the main question was estrogen, of course. And the thing is with with estrogen, it's actually phytoestrogen, and the Greek word uh, phyto is actually derived from the Greeks. Um, it means plant estrogen. It's a different molecule, and so the thing is, if a lot of people are scared about phyto, and this is the thing, everyone comes up to me, and a lot of people come up to me if they throw the rock and run. They they ask the question and they don't want the answer, and these are the people that you, you got to watch out for because they don't they don't want to be educated. And so with me, I, I'm cool with this. You know, it, it's their loss. It's not not mine. So I'm like. All right, if people want to listen, I'm, I'm willing to share the information, but if people are scared of phytoestrogen, they're, they're scared of berries, they're scared of oats, they're scared of pra- practically every plant compound that's on planet Earth. And so even oats, they've got almost the same amount of phytoestrogens as soy. And so, and, and like they talk about anti-nutrients, this is why we have to process things. Almost every, almost all foods are processed. Even someone came up to me and they're like, um, you know, I don't eat soy, I only eat um, coconut milk. I'm like, dude, coconut milk, Coconut milk is processed. Everything has to be processed. Otherwise, you know, so a lot of people just don't want to hear it. Um, they, they've made up their mind. They don't want to hear it. They just want to throw the rock and run. So um, the information's there. Like, you know, you know, we're blessed to live in a society or, 
you know, in a time where we, we just got so much access to information. And I have a saying, like a lot of people can read, but they don't know how to read between the lines. And and I understand in, in, a, in, a, in a society where there's so much information, people just get confused. So um, yeah, that, that's that's what we kind of get at the, um, yeah, all around. So. Um, and then, so addition to the phytonutrients, we just tell them, look, if there was a problem, um, issues and diseases and hormonal problems would have arised in the Asian region years and years and years ago because tofu was actually created by accident um, about 2,000 years ago. So not much has changed since. And when you look at the Asian region, most most of the countries there, they consume soy. Meat was only for the rich. Um, meat was seen as a delicacy because not everyone could have land and keep their own animals. Um, so they've been eating soy for so long and they're considered some of the healthiest people in the world. And you're also talking about a lot of uh, maybe products that have the label Australian made on them, particularly with soy, but that actually, what's what's the story? What's the story behind that? Okay, so like, yeah, most plant um, meat analogs are made in Australia, and most most from overseas. But you know, the main ingredient is soy isolate, and so 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 people don't really question how this soy isolate is made. And this is one of the twenty ingredients that is put into what they call a vat, or like let's just say a hopper or a, a bowl, let's just say. And they put all the ingredients, they mix it around, they squeeze it at the other end, and that's that. And they can sell it for like as cheap as they want. And the thing is, it, that's what you, that's what we call ultra processed. But in order to make the soy isolate, in order to to make it viable, they actually have to make it in China. And people don't understand that they, they, they don't even make their own soy. They source it from other countries that are genetically modified, and they don't have to state that it's genetically modified until the consumer asks. And so, in order to make an isolate, there, there's a there's a scientific process, and that scientific process is actually called the isoelectric point. And most things, even like with whey protein from from cow milk, is goes through this through this process. And so, the isoelectric point um, can, uh, requires it to go through an acid solution and an alkaline solution. So it goes through hydrochloric acid and it goes to, it goes to the um, to sodium hydroxide and then it makes it equilibrium depending on um, what plant it is or what matter it is. And and after that, it's there's a lot of washing, there's a lot of processing, there's spray drying. So it's it, there's so many processes I can't explain. Like there's even a diagram for it. And so um, you can look this up online. It's um, it's called the isolated point. And the process is so ultra-processed. And any what, health conscious sorry, process... what's it called? The isoelectric point. Um, yeah, so any you know, any health conscious person that just seen the, that one ingredient see, go through that process and there's, there's emulsifiers, um, fillers, additives, um, and there's so many synthetics. It's just crazy that someone would consume it. Um, uh, so, yeah. yeah. So I just want to put a little shout out here to all of our lovely listeners and that, you know, I always say this on the show and I love it when we have passionate guests uh, that whatever you hear, we're not telling you to do something or not do something. This is just information for you to decide to do whatever you want with, you know, completely up to you. I love sharing stories and information and there's no pressure to, you know, be or change anything unless you want to. So I'm here with the lovely Stacy and Ali from uh, Shepherd Foods. And I just want to remind you that they have brought some delicious things. And you might just want to remind us what you'll get, what we're giving away here. Yeah, so these are our soy pouches. Um, so they're a resealable pouch with marinated soy pieces already pre-cooked. So you basically just heat them up and add them to any dish you like. 
So, Stacey, what about the economics of food? Where, where does that all sit with you? Oh, this is this is a broad um, topic, but I think we'll keep it really high level um, and pertinent to the situation that we're seeing today. Um, so in terms of the economy and the Australian economy in particular, um, you know, some families are finding it a little bit hard. Businesses are closing down. Um, they're over leveraging on debt. So we have a situation that sometimes causes people to do things that they might not normally do because they have to tighten their belts. Um, and in the world of manufacturing, we're not immune. Um, so what we're seeing is something called shrinkflation, um, where you look at a product on the shelf and you might think that, hey, that packet looks the same size. It's still the same price. It hasn't gone up. But what you don't realize is that they've changed the ingredients. Um, so they're putting lesser quality ingredients. Um, they might be substituting out, for example, um, real lemon juice for vinegar. Um, they might be using canola oils instead of olive oils, just things like that. So you, what you're getting in terms of value is less, but the packet still looks the same. And they don't have to announce or tell, tell you any of that, do they? They don't. And this is what really bugs me about marketing buzzwords also. Um, so in Australia, we actually don't have any laws or rules around using the word organic. Um, so you see so many stores out there and they might call themselves organic or a product calls themselves organic. And they're referring to the fact that you know, it's an organic shirt and it's, you know, they might be referring to it being natural, um, but there's no hard and fast rules around it being actually certified organic. Um, we're seeing, uh, for example, um, Ali's brother came to stay for us with us for a little while and his meat was hormone free. Um, so you're paying for something in these buzzwords. He thinks it's better for him because it's free from hormones and non-GMO. Shouldn't that just be the standard? Um, so it's marketing. Um, in terms of economics, we're getting a whole bunch of fillers. What you think that you're giving to your family in terms of nutrition um, is actually a lot less because it comes down to economics. And the fact of the matter is these businesses have to survive. Yeah, uh, but we have choices as well, don't we? And it does take time mm -hmm. to research and to read and to look at the labels and to turn things over it's, and we all know ignorance is bliss mm -hmm. but you know that's not a it's not a future is it yeah so in terms of um our marketing we've developed our marketing around words like australian made certified organic and biodynamic um you know, made on the Gold Coast and the important one made from scratch because a lot of people will tell you it's made from scratch but, you know, a lasagna, for example, they've assembled it but they've got the sauce from a jar and they've got their pasta out of a packet um, and their meat analogue or, or protein option comes from a packet also. So assembling food is not the same as made from scratch. Um, and Australian made is quite similar in that people can assemble the food here and that's what's deemed Australian made, but the ingredients come from overseas. Yeah, often so, straight after that will be from important ingredients. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, just really really like we just want to tell people try to source local as much as possible um, in our business we have basically cut out as many middlemen 
um, as possible. So we go direct to the farmer, we manufacture everything. And when we say from scratch, it's from the seeds. And then we go straight to the consumer. Um, and that's how we create local economies. That's how we create employment for people um, within regional areas. And that's how we can eat better and provide better nutrition for ourselves and our families. When we look at soy as an ingredient, the phytoestrogen doesn't have any um, bearing on our estrogen receptors as humans. Um, so Ali can speak more in terms of biology, um, but there's precursors in order for our body to process and synthesize things. Um, so in terms of being a precursor to the estrogen that we produce as humans, um, it, the phytoestrogen has no bearing on that. In terms of fermenting food, it's a further process. Um, so if you're eating soy pro products such as tamari, in terms of it being an ingredient for added flavor and such, yes. In terms of it having nutrients, I'm not too sure because sodium is high and you wouldn't just eat or drink a liter of tamari. Um, but fermenting foods, from what I understand, um, is for gut health um, because the probiotics and prebiotics and such like that. And also um, starts to bre already break down the digestive process. Yeah, 100%. So I, I think that I agree um, but then to separate that from soy in terms of tofu and also um, being fermented as an additive, something that you would enhance the flavour of your food. So they're two different yeah. categories. Yeah, definitely. We really don't have very much time left. Is there anything that you would like to finish with that we haven't discussed already? Maybe I think we've already talked about putting maybe trust, you know, who you can yeah. trust when you're eating your food. 100%. And I think that goes back to our business name, which is Shepherd. And our tagline is actually, finally, food you can trust. Um, because there's not a lot out there um, with manufacture, manufacturers that would keep their morals. We would first see our business go down the drain or have to move and change and transition than to compromise our morals. And that's what's really important to us. But to finish on... Um, a note that you might be able to take away and your listeners can take away, um, food for thought, if you like, pardon the pun. Um, but that food is energy. So if you really focus on the purpose of food in that it's there to sustain our lives and enable us to function at our peak rather than just eating food for how it tastes or looks or smells, that's something that's really important. So having food to nourish us on a needs basis rather than the overconsumption of food, which has so many more impacts than what we actually um, would know. And also it always comes back to eating less. And if you're eating nutrient-dense food, mm -hmm. you don't need as much. So Ali, how are your muscles now these days? Did you, did you figure it all out? And are you just flying ahead with still, you know, training? Is there any anything? Well, well to be honest, I've lost... I, like, setting this business up has taken everything from me. Um, so I've been depleted, but um, I've gotten back into training. Um, so I feel good. Um, I've just got it back into training in the last probably like... Yeah, three months. So I'm feeling fantastic. Um, I was actually weighing 65 kilos only just like, yeah, so I was pretty thin um, just a couple of months ago because the the, the amount of work that we, we've been doing like seven day weeks, like literally 16 hour days. Um, and because what what happened was we weren't our research and development for quite some time. We fell short on, of some money and then um, we just had to get straight into the production. And um, yeah, so it's, it's really taken a lot out of us. We've Finally, like this was only a couple of months ago, 
Um, we've finally figured everything out and then I've got into training. Now I'm up to like 80 kilos. So it's like, it's possible. Um, you know, and it's just because I haven't been taking care of myself. And I know it's kind of not really what we promote, but in order to get these products out to the people, um, it's what needs to happen. And but It's also life, isn't it? And I think, you know, you can't be on and a hundred percent all the time in in any direction. Life takes you on the journey that it's going to take you on. Hundred percent. And I think the great thing about that experience is that when you do come back, you know you feel so much better. It's like getting sick. You yeah. know, well, give yourself that time. You know, obviously you're stopping for a reason, and when you come back, you feel like yeah. a million times better because you you know you've missed it and, yeah, and, and it's nice to feel the difference as well yeah. isn't it absolutely yeah thank you both so much for coming in is there anything where you're going to finish with something oh no that's okay we won't take much more of your time because we can we go don't have on much on. more yeah thank <laughs> we you could. so much yeah really really appreciate the conversation yeah my absolute pleasure thanks for opening up the soy doors and <laughs> and uh re- refilling them with new information and new little snippets there that maybe people haven't thought about for a while or heard um, so that's my lovely guests on the show today, Stacey Nguyen and Ali Ilali.